There's an old story that many of you may remember. It's about a little boy who was visiting his grandparents on their farm. He was given a slingshot to play with out in the woods. He practiced many times with his slingshot, but he could never hit any of the targets that he aimed at. So getting a little discouraged, he decided to head back home for lunch. Now, as he was walking back, he saw grandma's pet duck. And just out of impulse, he let fly with a rock from his slingshot. As luck would have it, he hit the duck square in the head and killed it. <laughs> in a panic, he hid the dead duck in the woodpile, only to see his sister watching. Sally had seen it all, but she said nothing. After lunch, Grandma said, Sally, let's wash the dishes. But Sally said, Grandma, Johnny told me he wanted to help in the kitchen today. Didn't you, Johnny? <laughs> and then she whispered to him, remember the duck? So Johnny did the dishes. Later, Grandpa asked if the children wanted to go fishing. And Grandma said, oh, I'm sorry, but I need Sally to help make supper. But again, Sally smiled and said, well, that's all right, because Johnny told me he wanted to help. And she whispered again. Remember the duck? So Sally went fishing, and Johnny stayed and helped Grandma prepare supper. Why? All because his sister Sally reminded him of that duck. Well, I wonder if anyone was ever unkind enough to Simon Peter to say to him, Remember that rooster? <laughs> you know the rooster I'm talking about. In John 13, we read that Jesus was washing the feet of his disciples. It's the event that we now know as the Last Supper. Finally, the master came to Simon Peter, and Simon asked, Lord, are you going to wash my feet too? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus undoubtedly looked at Simon Peter with compassion as he said, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter blurted out in his characteristic way, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And then Peter asked the master, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, Where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I'll lay down my life for you. And then Jesus said, Will you really lay down your life for me? I tell you the truth. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. That's the rooster. Jesus told Peter that before the rooster crowed the following morning, he would deny Christ three times. And of course, he was right. Later that night, when Simon Peter was allowed entrance into the high priest's courtyard, a servant girl on duty there asked Peter a question. Hey, aren't you one of this man's disciples? And Peter replied, I am not. That's once. John tells us the night was cold, and the servants and officials stood around a fire they had made to keep warm. Peter also was standing with them, warming himself, and so they asked him, you aren't one of his disciples, too, are you? Again, Peter denied it, saying, I am not. 
That's twice. Then one of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the garden? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, that darn rooster began to crow. That's the rooster. Can't you imagine that from that day forward, whenever Simon Peter started to feel good about himself, like Sally reminding Johnny he had killed Grandma's pet duck, the tempter whispered in Simon Peter's ear, Remember that rooster? <laughs> it happens in life, doesn't it? Just when we think we've got it made, just when we feel pretty good about ourselves, just when we're ready to commit ourselves to something good and lasting, we hear that whisper. Remember the rooster? Is there a rooster in your life? Some wrongdoing of which you are reminded from time to time? This is one of Satan's most powerful tools. It's the reminder that once upon a time, we failed Christ. And deep down inside, we still feel the guilt. We still feel the shame. And we say to ourselves, I'm no good. I don't deserve to be in Christ's family. I'm a fraud. I shouldn't be here. Not after what I've done. You see, guilt is a powerful emotion. Psychologists tell us that many of us nice church folks are carrying around unresolved guilt from moments in our lives when we did wrong, when we betrayed our values, when we denied our Lord, as it were. Most of the time, we're not even aware of that guilt until something is said, or we see something in a movie or on TV, or maybe even as we lay in our beds, a momentary thought crosses our mind, and like a rooster crowing, we're reminded. We're reminded, and a sob makes its way from our lips, and a candle within our spirit is snuffed out. That unresolved guilt can eat at us all our lives and do psychological and even physical damage of which we're not even aware. Guilt is a powerful emotion. Dr. Steve Stevens, in his book, The Wounded Warrior, tells about a man named Brock. Brock was only 21 when his wife left him. It was only two months after a large, elegant church wedding, and she gave no reason. She just left and filed for divorce. Brock believed he must have done something wrong. After all, a nice Christian woman wouldn't walk out if he had been a good husband. Several years later, he moved to another community, and he married again. No one there knew his secret except his new wife. That is, until an old friend came to visit and casually asked about his previous wife at a dinner party. Brock had never spoken about his prior marriage. And now, of course, people ask questions. Brock tried to change the topic, but it was too late. His face flushed and his throat constricted. And he gruffly told them that they needed to keep their noses out of other people's business. And the room went silent. In the awkwardness that followed, Brock excused himself 
and he didn't return. After the party, he shook his head and told his wife that he could never face his friends again. What a sad story. As far as we know, Brock had done nothing wrong that would cause his young wife to leave him, and yet it was clear that he was still experiencing the guilt and the shame of a broken marriage. There was no real reason for him to experience these emotions. But for some reason, he could still hear the rooster crowing from his prior failed marriage. Guilt and shame are two of Satan's most deadly tools. And that's why Good Friday is so important. (laughs) He was wounded for our transgressions, the prophet said. He was bruised for for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Good Friday and the cross is all about the one who died for our sins. And so I never want to hear you say, Pastor, I don't belong here. You don't know what I've done. God couldn't love me. My friend, you need to hear once again Romans 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, Christ didn't die for perfect people. He didn't die for respectable people. He died for people with a skeleton in the closet. He died for people who have made mistakes along the way. He died for the girl who got pregnant out of wedlock. For the guy who stole to support his drug habit. For the business person who cheated on his accounts. For the lonely housewife who found comfort in the arms of someone who was not her husband. He died for sinners like you and like me. And of course, he died for Simon Peter. Someone has said that the most beautiful words in the Bible come after Christ's resurrection. When in Mark's gospel, the women go to the tomb and find it empty, and an angel says to them, Don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He's risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Go tell his disciples and Peter. Isn't it interesting that Peter is singled out? It's almost as if Jesus is saying to Simon Peter, Simon, I know your heart. I know you let me down. But it's all right. My grace is sufficient for you. And to prove it, he not only forgives Peter, but Jesus also charges him to be the head of his church and feed his lambs. Simon Peter came to know Christ's forgiveness and his love. And so can you and I. That's the great good news of Good Friday in the cross. Now let's return to our opening story. You remember that? Johnny and Sally and Grandma's pet duck. (laughs) Well, after several days of doing both his chores and Sally's, Johnny finally couldn't stand it any longer. 
he came to grandma and confessed that he killed the duck. She knelt down, gave him a hug, and said, Sweetheart, I know. You see, I was standing at the window, and I saw the whole thing. I was just waiting for you to tell me. Maybe there's a duck or a rooster in your life. Something God is waiting for you to confess. He knows your heart. And he loves you with an everlasting love. He died for your sins. He awaits an opportunity for you to wipe the slate clean and make a new start. Won't you allow him that opportunity today?